Welcome back to Campus Beat. In recent national news, headlines have been focusing on the surge in Canadian employment to 337,000 jobs and the drop in the unemployment rate to 5.5% in February, close to the record low of 5.4% in May of 2019. Many key labour market indicators, including employment, employment to population ratio and hours worked, have returned to their pre-pandemic levels. However, despite these labour market indicators, monetary and fiscal policy are still piling on stimulus. And the government has said that it would use labour market guardrails to determine when and how quickly to withdraw the extraordinary fiscal stimulus in place since the onset of the pandemic. The federal government, however, has remained vague as to how these guardrails were to be defined. In our next segment, we are chatting with Don Drummond, Stafford Dunning Fellow and Adjunct Professor in Policy Studies here at Queen's University about the nearly record low unemployment rates in Canada and how the labour market has crashed into these so-called federal government guardrails. Welcome back to Campus Beat, Don. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, now can you tell us in, in layperson's terms what's happening with the unemployment rate in Canada and how we've arrived at these nearly record low levels? Well, we had a little bit of blip off track in January where the Omicron variant did result in some shutdowns. Everybody in Ontario will remember the restaurants and gyms went back. Some of them were closed for a while and partial, but we had a boom increase in employment. And But what's really interesting is not to look at the change in the level markets, but look at the levels. So we we have an unemployment rate of 5.5. It's only once in all in the history of the labor force survey going all the way back to 1976 is the rate ever been below. And that was just ever so slightly at 5.4. We like to look at the ratio of employment to the population because sometimes the, the unemployment rate can go down because you've had people drop out of the labor force. So it's, it's not the best measure. So I, I think a better measure is employment to population ratio. That is at an all time high. The best measure of the number of hours work because you could be employed full-time, you could be employed part-time, you're part-time, you could be 10 hours a week, you could be 20 hours a week. The best indicator and the best correlation between the labor market and the economy is hours work. They too are at a record high. And there's a lot of inclusiveness in the number as well. Just cite two examples, the employment ratio for prime age women, which got hit quite hard at the beginning of, of it, is now also at a record high. And the employment ratio for Indigenous people is a, a long-term high as well. And longer-term unemployment remains somewhat elevated, but it's coming down. So no matter what you look at, how you look at it, the labor market is red hot. Um, the final indicator, we got the, the latest report on job vacancies came in December of 2021. And guess what? They're at a record high as well. It's just shy of 1 million jobs are posted in Canada, they're going unfilled. And even more telling that in the job vacancy survey is a huge and unprecedented number have remained vacant for more than three months. If you or I leave our job, you know what, maybe they replace us next day, <laughs> no big deal. But if you can't replace a job in three months, that speaks that you've got a structural problem. We've got lots of structural problems. So the labor market is really hot. The output of the economy has recovered. The output in nominal terms, so adding inflation, has grown enormously because inflation is quite high. And that sort of leads over to the policy side. Yeah, if, you, if you're in an alien spaceship and just drop down today and you know nothing about the history of how we got there, you see this is an economy that in aggregate is performing very well. It's quite hot. 
you would think if anything, your monetary and fiscal policy would be neutral to possibly being restraining the economy. You certainly wouldn't think that monetary and fiscal policy would be stimulating the economy. And yes, that's what's happening. The government, to its credit, responded massively and quickly when COVID hit, which is virtually exactly two years ago, and has continued to keep the spigots open and has been giving hints that there's more new spending to come in the budget, which will probably come in the next couple of weeks. That doesn't fit with the macroeconomic scenario. We have allowed ourselves to get distracted on the monetary side because the attention is the Bank of Canada raised their interest rate by a quarter of a basis points, but it's half a point. It's almost zero. The bank's estimate themselves of a neutral policy interest rate is 1.75 to 2.75. So monetary policy is hugely stimulative. Fiscal policy is hugely stimulative. You know, a couple of years ago, the government said that they would keep the stimulus on until they got to these so-called labor market guardrails. Unemployment. Well, they were all, who knows, they were always very vague. It was to be this employment ratio, the unemployment rate, the hours work. They never said, here's where the guardrail is. Here's the unemployment rate. We're, we're very vague about it. As time goes on, they've said less and less about them. And the fall update we got uh, in December, in fact, they were not even mentioned. I, I think we can categorically say any reasonable definition of the guardrails has not just been hit, has been crashed through. You wouldn't have not have said uh, you wouldn't have said that the guardrail is the highest ratio ever for employment. There's the highest number of hours worked, uh, and on and on and on. It, it was always a flawed concept because the labor market, particularly the unemployment rate, has long, long lags from the policy setting. You set your policy; it influences output for a while, and then that influences labor force. By the time you hit the guardrail, you've kept the policy stimulus on too excessively and for too long. And I, I kind of thought in my mind in about a year from now, it will be graphically proved that it was a, a, a flawed concept. I didn't expect it to be proven so early as in February 2021. But now it does reveal a big problem for the budget planning. You know, they really shouldn't be continuing along their current path. Hmm, thank you. Okay, so... What impact, in your view, does continued pandemic stimulus have on the labor market and employment rates overall? And really, what happens if stimulus remains or is withdrawn from the labor market? But also, what is the impact even on individual households who benefit from federal stimulus packages? Yeah, so surface, a, a lot of the stimulus has been fairly general. And if, in fact, a lot of the things that have been done in the name of COVID have nothing to do with COVID. Just to cite one example, an increase in old age security payments. This is not a cohort that was particularly hit in the labor market uh, from the results of the, sh- the shutdowns. Um, this is a, a group amongst all the cohorts already had the lowest poverty rate. Uh, the poverty rate for single adults is many fold higher than it is for older people. And for young families with children, it's much higher. So that had nothing to do with COVID. Why do you stimulate that? Why you do generally? I think the message is, Yes, the aggregate numbers are great, but it's not great for everybody. But you have to be much more strategic in trying to get at the people that are having problems. General wage subsidies, general business subsidies, general income support simply aren't called for by the state of the economy. It's just pouring, it's literally pouring fuel on the fire of the labor market. Anything else, Dad, before we wrap up, Don? Well, 
It'd be really fascinating to see how the brains are churning on the federal government, particularly the Department of Finance, when they see that February labor market, because all their hints, including the December outlook, is that we are going to be looking forward or fearing maybe yet more spending. And when they look at that, they say, well, wait a minute, <laughs> we got a bit of a problem. And you have to really wonder what they're thinking on the Bank of Canada, because it's pretty clear they've kept the stimulus on excessively and for too long as well. You can't make up for that now, but how, how do you get back? We're all talking about de-risking the economy. How do you get back? You're adding a lot of risk by keeping the stimulus. And of course, it's showing up in that very high inflation rate. Thanks so much, folks. We've been chatting with Don Drummond, Stoffer Dunning Fellow and Adjunct Professor in Policy Studies about the now nearly record low unemployment rates in Canada and how the labour market has crashed into the federal government's so-called guardrails. Thanks so much for joining us here on CFRC, Don. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.